This is Fayette Forward, where we discuss trails, transit, city planning, and anything else that's on our minds. Our goal is to keep Fayetteville moving forward in a positive, inclusive, and intentional way that benefits everyone who lives in this great city in the Ozarks. You ready? Come on in. Welcome to Fayette Forward. I'm Nick with my co-host and wife, Meredith, and today's guest is Kelly Rich. She is the Director of Downtown Initiatives at Experience Fayetteville. Welcome. Hey, hey, how are you? Doing well, thanks. Good. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited y'all invited me. Woohoo! Yeah, I just thought we'd start just by asking a little bit more about yourself, your background, mm-hmm. and how you got here. Sure. So I grew up in North Louisiana. I left and moved to Jacksonville, Florida in 2018 to take a position for their downtown. And Loved it there. It was great. I was enjoying myself, doing my thing, but realized I needed a little bit more to kind of self-motivate and kickstart my ambition again. And this opportunity here in Fayetteville came up. And when I say the stars aligned and, uh, you know, the sun shone down and smiled down on me and said that this was where I needed to go, it moved very aggressively. And it was an obvious sign that I needed to take this position. And so I moved here at the end of the year and started working pretty much from day one, trying to get acclimated to the city and trying to figure out what downtown Fayetteville needed. So to kind of give you a background on the position itself, downtown Fayetteville has had some starts and stops with different organizations taking the lead, trying to um, create an organization for downtown. Nothing consistent, nothing ever sustainable, um, but it's been talked about for probably two decades. Like this has been a need and a want, but it hasn't really been a priority. From my, I guess, interpretation of what's been told to me is that Fayetteville has always been really comfortable because it was Fayetteville. But of course, as we all know, with the investment and attention that some of our sister cities have had in the past five years, I think the leaders of Fayetteville decided that this was the time and they came together and created this position. And like I said, I was excited to be chosen for it and to have this opportunity. And so since then, I've been working on creating a board and learning downtown and getting engaged with our businesses and our residents and, and just falling in love with the city myself. You know, this is a new town for me. And so I've got to, to make it my own. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I know that you had mentioned at one point that you have a background in event planning. Mm-hmm. So is that something that when you were applying for this role and when they were creating this position, they wanted specifically someone who does event planning? Or is there more to the position beyond that? There is, there is. But for most of the public, they like to see the event component of it. If you look at some of the other cities, there's so many things going on, so many different events downtown. And a lot of that has to do with their downtown organization. And so there's a lot of expectation and excitement for Fayetteville to host more downtown events. So that will definitely be one of our strategies, but it's not our only one. Truthfully, this role has a lot of responsibility to become that advocate for downtown. I will be that upfront, very vocal cheerleader and a person kind of working to make sure that everyone knows about downtown, supports downtown, what we can do to make it better, and just to be that face of downtown as much as possible. But with events, yes, I've been doing festivals for about 10 years and then planning other events as well, but we're really excited to slowly, slowly phase in events into downtown as we're building a board and a support base, and I'm hoping to hire staff later in the year because right now it is just me. I'm building a wonderful support group, but anything we do, we want to do it well. So we're trying to phase in events. We have our first one, of course, this fall, 
Sunday, October 1st is going to be Falltoberfest on Ooh, Dixon Street. What? Yes. Yes. Um, there has been such a, like, when I get to talking to people and they tell me about old Fayetteville, they talk about all of these events that used to happen. And there's this, you know, warmth and nostalgia and like heartache for all these old events. And so even though we can't replicate them, we can do our best. And so we're trying to get excited about downtown, but there is a little bit of a reputation of downtowns just for students. And we want to break that barrier and to make everyone feel welcome and included and that there's a spot for them. So we're looking at opportunities not only to welcome our students, but we want all ages, families, professional adults, we want everyone down to enjoy their downtown. And so this was one opportunity. So we're taking kind of a traditional Oktoberfest and mixing it with a fall festival. So we are working with the Arkansas Brewers Guild, uh, which is the statewide. You're uh, speaking my language. Okay. <laughs> He's salivating. Yeah, I perk up. I saw <laughs> you perk up. So it will be a traditional tasting beer festival. The same people that put on Frostfest will be coming in to handle that component of it. And then in addition, there will be all sorts of other fall-themed events and Oktoberfest-isms that will make this a truly unique event. I'm really excited for it. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I am so excited too. Mm-hmm. Yep, we'll have, we've got three stages of music. And just to kind of let everyone know, it is free and open to the public. But if you want to take on the beer festival portion, there will be a ticketed aspect of that. But just to, to come down and enjoy downtown, it will be you know family-friendly activities for all ages. And so I'm really excited to, to see all the different aspects because it's another thing that even though, you know, Downtown Fayetteville Coalition and the Arkansas Brewers Guild are kind of hosting it and planning it, we're really hoping that our businesses will come in and participate because that's our end goal. We want to be a positive economic impact to our local economy and to our local businesses. And so we want them to come and participate and maximize every opportunity that they have to enjoy you know, not only the event, but also to have some customers. Oh, my gosh. I don't think you even know how happy you've made Nick. I think he's going to be talking about this the rest of the day. And he's going to be the first in line to buy the beer tickets. Excellent. And they'll be very happy to see you. Yeah. No, since we moved here a few years ago, we we had heard those stories Mm -hmm. from people like, you know, we always had all these things in these little pop up events and all that. And we have seen some of that, but we've been itching for more. And so this is really welcome news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're hoping this will become a legacy event. So every fall, this will be uh, taking place on Dixon Street. And then we're hoping to incorporate some sort of spring festival to focus on uh, Block Street and the square. Don't really know exactly what that's going to be. A lot of people have uh, old stories about Block Street Block Party. Uh, We would love to do something similar, but obviously it's not the same Block Street as it was when it was first being uh, executed. So it might be, you know, a Block Street 2.0 or something like that. So we'll see. But just to give anyone um, any sort of, I guess, being that I'm new to town, letting everyone know that I'm working with the local extraordinaire, Hannah Withers of Mm -hmm. Maxine. Yes. I think that gives me a lot of credibility to know that not only, you know, is it being done, but it's being done well. So I've been very thankful and excited to have her as part of my event team helping me execute these events. That's so great. And Mm -hmm. you had mentioned that this Fall Fest is going to be on Dixon Street. Mm -hmm. If there's a Block Street 2.0 or something mm-hmm. in that vein, it sounds like it might be closer to the square and Block yes. Street. That was one of my questions mm-hmm. because when we first visited here to check out the area, we were really struck by how Dixon was really vibrant and it was kind of going off and there was so much activity. Yet what you would think is the heart of the city, mm-hmm. the downtown square, is really quite quiet at mm-hmm. night. 
you know, it kind of comes live for mm-hmm. the farmer's market, right? Yes, yes. The rest of the time, it's kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the plan to make the square more of like the adult area? Or... You know, there's, it's almost happening kind of naturally. But w- with us, we do want to share, we want to spread the love. Because a lot of times people think Dixon is, like when they say downtown, they think Dixon. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a lot larger. It's about one square mile. And so with all of the investment and uh, things that are happening in the Mill District and South Yard, all of this is included in our downtown district. So um, looking for different ways of activation and different engagement, we want to share the love throughout downtown. And so even though we're starting on Dixon, we will be looking for ways to activate and engage all of downtown. But as you said, with kind of the, I guess, the, the market spread being spread across downtown, the square and block definitely does cater to more of a professional adult crowd, which mm-hmm. is great. And we love that. And there's also a wine bar being opened in the square. What? Really? Yes. What? Which should be open any day now. What? Because we're, it's, they're going, it's urban cellar, cellars. Oh, urban yeah. Cellars. Based, cellars. Yeah, they've been up in the north. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, she's so excited. She's actually moving her location and she's going to be where the Jam and Java used to be. So right there in the little town center square. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's going to be a perfect complement to Tim's Pizza and then, of course, Jam and Java. And she's got a patio, all of that. It's going to be a wonderful addition. And I think that that adds just one more thing for people when they come and walk the square, whether they're hitting our retail or they're going to one of our restaurants. This will be another addition that maybe they can end the night with. Yes. And you're Mm -hmm. making me so happy because Mm -hmm. I'm not really a big drinker at all. And I do. I like beer and everything. And I love making Nick happy with his beer. But sometimes I'm like, I'd love a wine bar. Yes. And that would be what well, I would want to go, go to. Yes. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you. There oh you go. Oh, my gosh. Christmas in July. <laughs> I know. It's Legit. going to be fantastic. This is bringing me back to the early 2000s when wine bars were like all the rage yes. and they were everywhere. You notice that? And then all of a sudden it shifted to beer for yes. like the last 15 years or so. Yeah. And so I'm just not a, a carbonation person in general. Mm-hmm. I was looking at your bubbly, ironically, and being like, all right, I want to try that. That's but good. Yeah. <laughs> but typically when, if I am going to drink, I want a non-carbonated, either mm-hmm. a cocktail or a wine. Mm-hmm. So... I'm with you. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So uh, with all of these things, when we're trying to find ways to maximize downtown for everyone in all ages, it does kind of fall into that naturally. You know, Dixon does kind of have a high entertainment aspect with a lot of bars and things that cater to more of the student uh, age. But there's some other kind of restaurants, obviously, that are doing quite well on Dixon that are of a higher price point that do cater to the professional adults and seniors and things. So all of these kind of mixing together. And then obviously there's there's plans for some other development and other businesses that are eyeing downtown that with what we're trying to do, you know, I feel that downtown has a possibility to have a whole complete different view in the next year or two. So um, I think the time is right. And I'm excited to see where it goes in the next mm, 12, 18 months. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think given that Fayetteville is such a community-driven place, mm-hmm. with the pandemic finally being under control, people just really want to get out and they want to socialize. Mm-hmm. And part of that, like you said, is festivals. Part of it is finding a centralized location to meet. And that's why it makes me so happy to think of the square as being as vibrant as it is during the farmer's market every night of the week, or at least on weekends. Just the fact that you can go get a bite to eat, mm-hmm. you can get a drink, you can see people, people watch. Mm-hmm. That is super exciting. I did have a question about downtown in general. And given that we're getting bigger and we're growing really rapidly and people do have their, respectfully, their complaints about parking. Sure. We're more of an active transportation type of podcast. Do you see any of these businesses working with the city to have benefits for people who come in on bikes or for people who come in via ride share or anything else like that? 
I think there's a lot of opportunity to get people more comfortable with coming downtown. I always like to say, as a downtown, you want to have a, a parking problem. A uh, parking problem is a sign of a successful downtown. Yeah. And so what we can do, whether us as an organization working with the city and, of course, the downtown um, stakeholders as well, is try to find little things that can help offset some of the stress points. You know, a, a little bit of here and a little bit of here. Obviously, you're never going to fix the parking problem unless you're in decline. But like little things that can help offset. And that is like motivating um, other aspects of transportation. I know several businesses do bicycle benefits. I, I know that Brandon, you know, our, our cycling tourism director, does a fantastic job motivating people to offer that. It's just kind of a, a reminder aspect. They call it like a helmet. What is a helmet? Bi discount. Bicycle benefits. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of different aspects with that. And then obviously rideshare. I feel like that's an obvious thing, especially if you're going downtown to enjoy mm -hmm. a night on Dixon. Yes. That's very smart just to go ahead and, and utilize that $10, $15 Uber ride. And so I think all of these are, are kind of things that you just you have to be used to and get comfortable getting kind of some of our, our lovely suburbanites to get used to using the app. And if they're not used to utilizing parking decks and like paying for parking, that can be a little intimidating. Mm -hmm. And so really trying to get people comfortable to utilize these two aspects. And I understand it's, it can be difficult to find parking sometimes. However, a block or two away is not that far to walk. Yeah. You know, it's really a reminder of, yeah, you look at it as, oh, it's so far away. It's literally like a four-minute walk. So reminding people that you're walking that exact same when you're going to Target during the holidays, you know, like all of this is a very similar comparison and distance, but it's just a mindset and it's a perception of, of reminding people that it is worth it to come downtown. That is literally our identity of Fayetteville and trying to, to make sure that we remind ourselves to put our downtown and our local businesses first. Yeah, and mindset shifts are what we're all about because mm -hmm. that's part of why we created this was to get more discussions out there so people can listen and hear these perspectives that maybe people aren't aware of. So yeah, that's wonderful. I appreciate that. And I'm curious, as a new transplant to the area, you came in somewhat blind to the area. I mean, you knew what you could find out about it, but with boots on the ground, you're actually living here. I guess I'd like to hear what you've thought about the area and how you feel compared to other cities that you've been in as an outsider. Mm -hmm. What was your experience? One thing I was very pleasantly surprised about is the local pride of Fayetteville. When I say these people love this city, I mean, every conversation I have had, especially when they find out that I'm new and that I just moved here, they're like, oh, my gosh, you're going to love it here. That's you know, and it's just like that's hard to bring if it's not there, which yeah. I've lived in cities that city pride is not there. And it's like, you know, it's fighting an uphill battle. And mm -hmm. it is a, you know, a disappointment because if you're not rallying the troops behind you to support you, it's really hard. And so to have everyone automatically being proud of Fayetteville and loving Fayetteville, obviously, you know, still having opinions, which is wonderful. But at the same time, they are very proud of this city. And I think that that's important. And so like there's no shortage of city pride. And I was very excited to see that. Other things I noticed, I will say that I was excited to see that downtown was already thriving and successful. My previous downtown that I worked in, we had a lot of empty storefronts and people were scared to come down to this neighborhood. It was one of those transitional neighborhoods. And most of my job was recruiting business to come in and invest and changing people's perceptions. Here, I, you know, it's like I've 10 years ahead of where I was working previously. And so having an already successful and thriving downtown just changing maybe some perceptions or motivating people to come down and just adding a little bit of spice, I guess, to downtown. 
I think it's made my job a little bit easier, something for us to accomplish faster. And so I was pleased on both of those aspects. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, given that the Upper Ramble is now about to be probably broken ground pretty soon, given that the parking deck is almost done, Mm -hmm. do you feel like that's going to impact the vibe of downtown? Do you see it being kind of part of us being a hub? And how do you see that playing into what I would say is our reputation of the four cities as like the active transportation city? We're the city where it seems like we use bikes not just for recreation, but to really get around. Yeah. I have lots of high hopes for that public space. If you look at any successful downtown commercial corridor, there is some sort of public green space, something to to activate, multi-uses. And, you know, I I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm really excited for it. I think that the success is determined on how much we activate it. Obviously, you can have a passive green space and it's fine, but there really is a lot of benefit to keeping it active and busy. You could look at what the other cities are doing with some of their new spaces, their new parks, whether it be as generic as just live music, more markets. We were talking about maybe leaning into some of the tailgating culture around here and maybe making it another watching party aspect, bringing in some of the big blow up screens to stream the game. And, you know, obviously maybe many performances. Walton Arts Center has expressed a lot of interest to help activate and, and you know, put some programming into the space. So there might be some opportunities to do previews, like free previews of people that may not be able to go to a full show, things like that. And then also just trying to to find a a multi-use space for all of the different organizations to utilize. But being that it's literally steps off, it's steps off of the trail, the trail is going to be going straight through yeah. it. So <laughs> yeah. I think that that's going to be a motivator when people are utilizing the the Greenway to not only stop and enjoy the green space, but then also all of this development that's popping up near the the trail. You've got an automatic space to do all your your goodies, you know, whether it be music, food, bathrooms, whatever it may be to to make a pit stop in downtown on Dixon. So I think it's going to be a win for the city. I'm really excited. Super excited. And you said Mm -hmm. one of my favorite words starting with F and that's (laughs) food. Okay. (laughs) And so I had heard at one point that there might be a food hall at one Mm -hmm. side or the other of this ramble. I have heard that as well as with that is kind of, I think, the desire I don't know the necessity, like the, the the timeline on it. I think the hotel might be more of a priority for this sure. developer, but it might be quicker for them to execute the food hall and, and actually get it going. So I haven't really heard an update on that yet. But okay. yes, that is their intent. Is the hotel a lock? Like, is that happening? I feel that you've got two very, let's say, not aggressive, but determined developers that want to have both of their hotels up. So I feel like there's going to almost be like a little bit of competition as to who can execute it first. I don't know if both are going to come to fruition. You know, things happen and there's a lot of steps, but I feel pretty confident that that hotel, one of the hotels will come to fruition. And I absolutely feel it's necessary for downtown. And I think that that will be a win for downtown. And then, of course, in the whole conversation of short-term rentals, I think that there's going to be a trickle-down effect that's going to open up more rental availability for downtown which will have more housing opportunities. There's a win-win on this as well. A hundred percent. I've been hearing a lot of people, even though people tend to be sometimes afraid of change, which is very understandable. But despite people's reservations about some of the hotel ideas that I've heard, at least people tend to seem to agree that, Mm -hmm. hey, this could at least help hopefully mitigate the overuse of Airbnbs in the area and create more sense of community. Because really, I think a lot of the areas that are getting most impacted by the kind of the negative effects of Airbnb tend to be the more community focused, like right in downtown right. areas. Mm-hmm. So I think we, I think there's going to be a lot of development once this, ra- 
obviously the ramble itself, the, the park aspect is the first phase and the priority. And they're telling me that it's supposed to be ready in sometime early 2025. Oh, my gosh. That's quick. That is. Yeah. Now, obviously, construction, weather delays, right. all the things that can happen. But I think just even having their intent, like their first goal of being accomplishable at that point is a win. I think that's fantastic. And so really something else to look forward to is there's a plan to bring in a large scale festival once that ramble is complete to take the place of Bikes, Blues and Barbecue. Oh, so, my gosh. Yes. That totally leads into one of my questions oh, that nice. I was going to ask. Okay. Segway. Okay. Yeah. Bicycles, bluegrass and vegan queue. Yeah, what about that? Can we? <laughs> well, I was just thinking because I know that culturally... The complaints I've heard about Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue has always been that, hey, might not really culturally align with a lot of the values exactly. that we have here. Exactly. So is there a thought about trying to go, well, we really align with a lot of it. People mm-hmm. like bicycles here, maybe mm-hmm. not maybe not as much motorcycles. Mm-hmm. They like bluegrass. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of really crunchy people there here. Are. What about there some are. vegan or plants? That's a really fun aspect. I wonder <laughs> even if you could do a, a smaller version the same weekend that they do Bikes, Blues, yes. and Barbecue. And just kind of utilize that because that's exactly what I was told as well, is that uh, the city of Fayetteville really didn't feel the culture of that group, which was a very successful festival. Yeah. But I feel like they didn't feel like it aligned with what they were trying to execute as their mantra and their like, like the culture of the city. Yeah. And so hopefully finding something that the city will embrace, finding some sort of theme that has the potential to grow, that is something that our organization will be taking the lead on. And so we'll hopefully be able to execute that in maybe fall of 2025. And so we've got a lot of ideas and some thoughts, but we hope that it will definitely be accepted and supported by the city of Fayetteville, especially if it fits right along with our like local values and identity. Yeah. Well, if somebody had ideas and Mm -hmm. they say, look, maybe they listen to this and they're like, hell yeah, we really like that idea or even better, we could do something else. How do people best make their voices heard if they have thoughts on this festival and they want to weigh in? I feel like I'm pretty accessible, obviously, uh, email and, and through our website and social media. I love to get input. I, lo- I love to hear what people want. Some things are not feasible, but, you know, at the same time, you, maybe there's one little detail of their idea that you can incorporate it in something else. I'll give you an example. You mentioned this earlier where you get tired kind of of, of the beer portion sometimes. Something that we're bringing to Falltoberfest, which I'm really excited about, we're going to be doing a mocktail com- uh, competition. Yes. So this is relatively new in the festival world because in usually executing fest and organizing festivals, everything is about beer sales, beer sales, beer, yeah. beer sales. So uh, really trying to highlight and support those are choosing the, that are choosing to stay sober or, or the families or just anybody that just wants a, a fun, you know, frilly drink. We're trying to bring in our local mixologists to come in and do a signature fall mocktail that we will be, there will be a competition portion and then we'll be selling it at the festival as well. So really excited to, to highlight that. And um, because it is family friendly in all ages, we wanted for everyone to feel included and that it's not just limited to water and Cokes or something, you know. I love that so yeah, much. Yeah, Get these kids some mocktails. There you go. <laughs> so right. I was thinking how fun it would be. We have friends who just moved here with little kids and it'd mm-hmm. just be so fun for those kids to be able to grab those mocktails and feel mm-hmm. like yeah. they're part of the fun. Exactly. Well, on the topic of festivals, I was thinking about timing of mm-hmm. festivals, and obviously they're happening mostly in the warmer months because they tend to be outside. But I'm curious if you have any thoughts on, you know, January and February tend to be kind of the most depressing months mm-hmm. in most places in the country. And, you know, Fayetteville's no exception. They're a little bit colder and darker, and people tend to hibernate a bit. But I know we've had Frost Fest, which mm-hmm. is awesome. But is there any thought of ways to activate spaces, maybe more indoor spaces in the winter? 
Well, this past year, um, my team in Experience Fayetteville just brought uh, Restaurant Week back, uh, mm -hmm. which was in February. That we're really hoping to take and continue and to grow it. I'm hoping to work with our downtown businesses and to not only participate in Restaurant Week, but bring in some special events to to, to kind of highlight and, and go along with it. And so trying to come up with some different ways to motivate people, because that is one of their slowest months, obviously. And so as far as January, I don't know. I'm kind of with you, though, because winter was hard for me. I hibernated, tried to stay warm uh, most of the time, but definitely looking for ways to utilize, you know, kind of indoor space and, and to remind people to, to come down. And hopefully we'll, like I said, I don't think we've announced it quite yet. We're still in the initial stages of planning, but we have pretty high hopes of, of bringing Restaurant Week back and letting that grow. This past year, we had 60 participating restaurants. We'd love to get up to mm -hmm. closer to 100, and I think it's feasible. So add, you know, some additional signature events that kind of go along with it, I think would make it really kind of a larger scale event as opposed to just going out to eat a couple times. I wonder, and you may already do this, I'm not sure, but it'd be cool to get food trucks that normally are positioned outside of downtown to come mm -hmm. in and all park mm -hmm. and be part of restaurant week, like in temporary, like a pop-up restaurant yeah. week as part of that. It'd be kind of cool. I know some of our food trucks participated, but I don't know, since it was the first year we brought it back, we were very kind of passive in yeah. organizing, but I would love to look for creative ways to help support them to where they're doing more than just participating, but that that way they're actually a part of something larger. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of food trucks, mm -hmm. and this might not directly impact your work because you're so specific to the downtown region, mm -hmm. but we we live near the Gully Park area and we love it there. And we get really lonely during the rest of the year when mm -hmm. those festivals aren't going on. Ah, the Gully nice. Park Summer Series is going on tonight mm -hmm. when we're recording is the last one of the season. Mm -hmm. And it was a reschedule. And we're really sad because yeah, that's like the end of our little summer community events. Mm -hmm. And We've always wondered, would it be possible to have like food truck Fridays or something like that where they could go to different, you know, it, to his point of the groups of food trucks, maybe just having these events where they go into a park mm -hmm. or it could be downtown, it could be uptown, anywhere, and just setting up shop and having people kind of come out and try new foods. Well, what I would suggest as a resident is it's fairly easy to just do a, a park permit, like a rent, and where you could line up a food truck and do almost like your own kind of public event, bring in maybe some oh. movie streaming, you know, like you could you could do some different stuff to pop up. I hear Gully Park's got a lot of available space that you could activate. You could do a, you know, a pop-up kickball game with the neighborhood. <laughs> You're way too easy to please. Oh my gosh. I played kickball competitively for yeah. like 10 years. You're I'm, just speaking I'm, my language. Yeah, I, I'm just kind of like pushing you a little bit that you could do things independently. Being that that would kind of be out of my purview, yes. I would definitely come and participate. But <laughs> as far as like if you're wanting things in your own backyard, you can plan them and you could like, oh, you just have to get kind of some permitting through the city. They would love for you to, to do some additional activities and then have some, I don't know if some, we could do adult field day if you yes. wanted to. <laughs> I, I want to write all oh, of this she's down. making notes. Oh my gosh. Well, we tried to go Matt Sequoia a couple of years ago, uh -huh. was trying to do, I think, adult summer camp for yeah. a weekend. And I think with Cute. COVID. Yeah. It just kind of fell apart. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was low enrollment because people were still a little scared yeah, at that yeah. point. It was like 2021, I think. Mm -hmm. But I have always been like, dang, I just wish that that had gone through. So maybe we could do something like that at Goalie. Mm -hmm. Another thought I had, and this, you know, kind of betrays my my hippie angle or whatever, but mm -hmm. I really want to do a full moon drum circle out yeah. there sometime. And I've talked to people who said they're in. I'm a little concerned about, like, noise. I don't want to disturb anybody, but it's such a big well, park. The, that and also the... 
the drum circles usually they're kind of low tones, right? They're yeah, not, that, that yeah. wouldn't be too and it's invasive, sunset. I would think. Right, right, and it's more di- during sunset anyway. I think part of it, not to be like we have to make this city like somewhere else, but yeah. we did visit visit Asheville at one point and cool visiting city. there. Mm-hmm. Super cool, and they did. They had this really fun drum circle, and it was like every age range and yeah. every just like cross section of society, every single type of person you can imagine showed up. And that's what I would love to see more of, whether, again, whether it's in downtown or we get a permit and activate it or even, I don't know if you need a permit to do an impromptu drum circle. Probably not in that aspect. Anything, you know, like a park is for the public to use. So you are welcome to do things. But anything that I think if you had to reserve the space, like that's where that you would have to actually go through like a permitting process. Like if you were going to have a big family reunion or something. Yeah, yeah. I hope I'm being encouraging and I've been called contagious as far as that goes, (laughs) like whenever to, to kind of motivate and get... Like I said, it's definitely up to you to make your city better. Oh, hell yeah. And honestly, I just really want you to be the captain of our kickball there team. There we go. Yes. Well, that makes two of you that are called contagious in a good way. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> I'm just called Jeremy. Yeah. No, just, I'm just kidding. In, in, the enthusiasm uh-huh. radiates. Yes. Oh, thank yes, you. Yes, both of you. Mm-hmm. So me, not so much, but yeah. I, I, am a, I am a cheerleader as much as I can. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, I'm curious, you know. Since you've had experience with other cities and mm-hmm. developing downtowns, is there anything that has worked really well in another place you've been that you think might work well here that we don't have? One program that I'm hoping to bring here that I'm uh, pretty comfortable in executing is um, a downtown ambassador program, uh, especially once the Upper Ramble is complete. I would love to work with the city to bring in probably four to six, I'm thinking, kind of starting out. And this is a program, it's a public safety initiative that um, imped- Previously, um, we worked with either people coming from homelessness or where they're needing kind of some work training. That's kind of low barriers as far as that goes. So there could be a really great potential here to work with one of our local organizations and hire out from them. But this is more than just litter control. This is something that people take a lot of pride in. You are branded as downtown ambassadors. You are trained not only to engage with the public and answer any generic questions about what's going on, where to park, you know, kind of being that resource, but then also just being a a public face of downtown to be able to give layers of of safety if there's any issues that pop up, and then also just to do a little bit of maintenance and cleanup and make sure that our city shines. And it's been a very successful program uh, throughout a multitude of downtowns, and I would love to bring something similar to our downtown, not only for our commercial corridors, but also along the upper and lower ramble. Things that might help offset some of the concerns that are popping up already uh, for the lower ramble and the trail that might be taken care of if we have a regular presence that can help support PD. Obviously, they wouldn't have any sort of leeway in the police department aspect, but it would just be an extra set of eyes that could have a direct line of communication to PD if there were any issues or if there were any support. And I think it just is a really great visual that there are people that care about downtown. I love that. Thank you. That was wonderful. As downtown becomes more developed, it also becomes more expensive. Mm -hmm. I was just curious if you have any thoughts on that. Is that anything that the downtown initiatives are involved in directly, or is it more kind of just something that exists? We will definitely be a part of the conversation. We will not only be working with local investors and our property owners and things like that, but we're hoping to advocate with our local businesses to give them the knowledge and the power to negotiate correctly when they are dealing with leasing issues or rent increases to let them know what their rights are. I have a lot of personal thoughts on the 
crazy prices and outrageous rent increases. But at the same time, I understand the aspect of a property owner trying to make their numbers work. And so I think really unless some other funding opportunities to help offset uh, come our way, which I would love that to happen. In the meantime, I think it's just really letting people know what their rights are, maybe negotiating some different ideas that can help them stay a little bit longer. Because sure, a a property owner can say, I want $10,000 a month. Well, if they don't get someone for six months, why not let that first business stay in for five more months while they're finding their $10,000 a month uh, tenant? So there's some different options. And and just to give them the knowledge and power to be able to negotiate something fair. And I also think that this is an issue that every downtown is having. And so there are case studies that we can look at and see what other cities are doing. But I do feel it's important for us to support our distinctly local, not to bash on the corporate and chains because they put dollars in our back pocket as well as far as our city. And so to have kind of that wide variety, but we don't want to step over our small businesses, you know, the mom and pops and stuff that they're working there, they own it, they're doing the social media, they're doing the cleaning, they're doing the, you know, it's just, it's really important to keep that true identity of Fayetteville. Yeah. Well, speaking of identity of Fayetteville, and we kind of had this conversation and we've been discussing the whole, it's really expensive to live downtown, Mm -hmm. but it's so appealing to be there and spend time there. And Something we come back to over and over is safe driving or mm-hmm. safe transportation. We have a lot of conversations around kind of placemaking beyond downtown mm-hmm. where you have that downtown kind of urban feel, but it might be in West Fayetteville or it might be in North Fayetteville and you can actually just catch a trolley or catch mm-hmm. a bus or something to take you into downtown. Is that something that your position and just the city in general have been discussing ways to get people kind of into downtown to enjoy these events, almost like shuttle buses or things like that? I'm open to ideas and suggestions. There have been a little bit of what if we do this. One of them is to utilize the the train from Rogers and Springdale that could maybe go in and then that would be part of the experience itself. They have done specialty rides before. I think they did one for Pride before where they actually had um, some drag queens on the train while people rode into town. They also have done some for game days, and they actually tailgate on the train on the ride. I think that they just have a shortage of manpower, as, you know, a lot of things we're kind of fighting with. They want to do more special events. But I think that that would be really something cool to nurture on both ends, where, you know, you get on the train in one city, have an experience, and then do something in in another city and then be able to ride back. And then in addition to that, looking for opportunities to just remind people to become less car dependent and find, you know, other ways reminding them how short the walk is. I've been in discussion with Mount Sequoia to maybe do shuttles from downtown for their sunset, whatever, just to enjoy the sunset up there. That's something that they don't necessarily program. It's very organic and people coming up to watch from the sunset view up there. But we thought that would be kind of cool for people to hop on, go up for 30 minutes to watch the sunset and then ride back down, especially if they've been enjoying downtown. They wouldn't have to worry about driving. And then just looking for other motivators and, and, you know, things to remind people. I think we just get a little comfortable. And so if you're at the square and you're like, oh, let's go to Theo's for dinner. Walk. You don't need to get in the car. <laughs> and so trying to make the walk more, you know, appealing and more enjoyable and to make that part of the experience of downtown, I think is important. And so finding ways to improve walkability, whether it be through public art installations or just more beautification, more greenery, just to make the walk itself part of the enjoyment and and experience, I think is important. 
and then people become more comfortable with it and reduce any barriers. And then hopefully people will utilize any opportunity to come downtown. So I'm going to go out on a limb here. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Mount Sequoia and I just Mm -hmm. thought of this wild idea. Mm -hmm. What if we had a ski lift type thing, like a gondola (gasps) that goes back and forth permanently? I mean, it totally could be done. That would be awesome. I mean, that would be so cool. That would. I have no idea how that would be executed. I I don't know who would fund it, but wouldn't that be cool? I don't think it's cost effective, but man, it'd be cool. (laughs) It's just one of those things, though, that we love. Part of the reason we started this podcast was so that we could just dream on yes. a microphone. You want to get in a room of daydreamers and come yes. up with all these crazy ideas because you know what? Someone usually, might be listening. Yeah, that. And usually one of those crazy ideas isn't that crazy and yes. you can actually execute it. Yeah. yeah. I love that idea. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the day, what would you consider like a real win for your position? I think a lot of the goal of this position when they were hiring someone is they really wanted someone to create a lot of bridges across downtown. There used to be a lot of distinct volunteer groups, like there was the Dixon Street Merchants Association, the Block Street, and everybody was kind of in their own zones and very siloed. And the goal of this position and this organization is to create one inclusive downtown. And I think that in a year or two, or even now, I feel like I've had a lot of success with that. Everyone's so excited that I'm here. I have felt so welcomed and so supported And nine times out of 10, someone will say something like, oh, we've needed this for so long. We're so glad you're here and we're going to do this. And I think building that collective spirit and support of downtown through our downtown stakeholders and business owners, I think is going to be a a really big win for the city because previously I think there was a lot of disconnect. And then through that, and then once we have some successful festivals and, and events to where people take a lot of pride in downtown and they're like, oh, we, this is something we, we don't miss. And so I think personally, I will consider it a win if people speak of these new festivals that we're bringing with the same love and adoration that people talk about Block Street Block Party. Well, I think we've struck it rich with you, oh, Kelly Rich. Oh, oh, my that's gosh. A good that's going to be my own personal slogan, right? I'm going to put it on my, my business card. <laughs> well, is there anything that we haven't discussed that you'd like to bring light to? I want to reiterate that I am accessible. I'm hoping to get engaged with anyone in the city and anyone has input or thoughts um, because I am new to the city and I want to hear everyone's uh, different viewpoints and suggestions and experiences because that's how we're going to figure out what Fayetteville needs. And as we're coming up into this new generation of Fayetteville and our new identity, and, you know, I know the joke is, is that, you know, Fayetteville used to be funky. It's not, it's not funky anymore. It can be. Let's work on it. Let's see what we can do. I think that, truthfully, uh, that's such a, I guess, a self-proclaimed identity. We can claim it back and we can do things that make Fayetteville Fayetteville and continue to grow and nurture that local pride that is very much everywhere. I just think people needed maybe a little bit of, you know, a little kick in the butt. And Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that this role will be able to to get everyone back on that page. Yes. And call to action to anybody who's listening to this yes. podcast. Reach out to Kelly. She's mm-hmm. super accessible, super nice. And if you have ideas and you have things that you're passionate about and you're local and you have these memories, mm-hmm. speak with her because yes. she's very receptive to hearing what made this city so wonderful in the past and bringing it to what's going to continue making it wonderful in the future. Agreed. All right. Well, Kelly, in closing, we like to ask two questions that we ask everybody who comes on our show. And the first one is, what is one simple thing everyone in Fayetteville can do today to make it a better city moving forward? How about smile? Yes. (laughs) I feel like little things like that, just reminding yourself that 
everyone is doing their best. Yeah. You know, I, and sometimes it, it's hard because we have to deal with a lot of stuff in our life, but most people are really just doing their best and just to remind that and give someone a little bit of kindness. I agree um, wholeheartedly. Yeah. And do you have any organizations, causes, or businesses that you'd like to shout out? Truthfully, I know this is probably going to sound like such a, a silly thing to say, but the city of Fayetteville has been absolutely fantastic. Every city department, obviously leadership, the mayor, his staff, when I say doors have been opened for me, the city has been absolutely warm and welcoming. And I think that that's another sign that this role has been so wanted and, and needed. I've obviously worked with several cities and everyone's been wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But usually you're fighting or instead of with the city, you're kind of fighting against it. Like here, I have felt brought into the fold and part of it. And uh, it's been really wonderful working with everyone that I've met at the city. I'm, I'm pretty excited. That's been our experience, too. Yeah. We've crashed a couple of like random meetings and mm -hmm. everything, and they're just so nice. Mm -hmm. Everybody just seems to work so well together. Mm -hmm. And I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So Well, thank you. The thank only you. other organization I probably should say is I should thank my organization, Experience Fayetteville, which is the one that actually stepped up and offered to pay for this position. So they're the ones that actually put their money where their mouth is. Everybody had been talking about this organization and the need for it. And Experience Fayetteville and the AMP Commission said, OK, we'll fund it. And so they're basically fronting the cost of my position while we get this organization going. And I would not be here without them. So. Thank, well, thank you, Experience Babel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're really happy to have you here. Yeah, thank and you. thank you for yes. joining us. Thank nice. you for joining us. Yeah.